you're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. As we all know by now, the investigation into the the money our our friend Chase Young borrowed from the quote unquote family family friend has concluded. A young suspension is only two games. Paige, we were worried it would be more, but two games including time already served, so to speak, which was the Maryland game. And Young's gonna be reinstated after the Rutgers game, which means he'll he'll be back uh, for Penn State, which is good news. Did you guys nice. happen to hear, did you guys happen to hear any of the um, the press conference that Gene Smith did today? I'm finding out about this right now for the first time. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. When did you hear about this? <laughs> so, Mike, you have, you have not been on the interwebs today. Yeah. So. No, I was. I didn't even see it. It wasn't even on the first. I mean, we got Verlander won his second Cy Young Award. Was the only thing I saw. Yeah, no. So, so um, yeah, the NCAA came back, and uh, the suspension is two games with time already served. I hate using that, and it sounds like he's in jail. The kid didn't do anything wrong. He borrowed money to, you know, get his girlfriend to the Rose Bowl. However, um, the Maryland game counts against the two-game suspension. He'll miss the Rutgers game, big deal, and then he'll be back for Penn State. It was interesting because there some rumors had started to circulate over the last few days that Young's old high school coach, who's on, who's now on the Maryland staff, turned him in. And I don't know if you guys caught either during the telecast, probably not because you'd flipped over to the Minnesota-Penn State game, but late in the telecast of the, the Maryland-Ohio State game, Joel Klatt had, uh, had speculated that, that maybe uh, Ohio State was running up the score because they thought Maryland had something to do with the suspension. Um, there were a couple of comments during the telecast. So this rumor started circulating that it could have been Maryland, and if it was Maryland, was it Young's old high school coach who's now on the staff? And then a couple of days ago, like within the last 48 hours before a resolution, there was another rumor that Penn State head coach James Franklin turned him in. Anyway, I listened to the, I tr- I listened to the, um, the press conference today, and Smith debunked both rumors. And, and uh, Doug Marie of Cleveland.com actually answered during the – he actually asked several questions of Smith. They were actually really good. It was a really funny exchange between the two of them. But Lay Marie basically got out of um, Smith that the report came through the university and not through the football program. Smith didn't really go into specifics, but he did say that the, I mean, that the NCAA moved swiftly. I mean, they put in a, um, they put in a request for reinstatement yesterday morning, Tuesday. The NCAA came back 24 hours later this morning with two games, and. Um, Smith had explained that the punishment for Young's infraction is one to four games, and Young got two from the NCAA based on the facts. He said Smith actually could have filed an appeal to play against Rutgers. It would have taken probably until Friday for like a five-person committee to weigh in and decide whether, you know, whether he he could play. But uh, Young and his family decided to, to to decline and accept the suspension. Uh, so right. uh, the other thing I thought was interesting is that 
Smith during the at the at the very top was thanking various people, you know, the the compliance department, the NCAA, and and he also thanked um, Young and his family. And I thought some of the quotes were interesting. He said he thanked Young and his family for quote taking the high road and being quote highly cooperative. And he was he spoke glowingly of Chase Young, uh, just talking about his character, how he apologized, and. I just thought it was interesting because to me, the tenor of this press conference and the way he spoke of Young, you know, a kid who, you know, let's let's face it, he broke the rules. Um, the, the tenor, the tone was very different from the way it might have been like 15 years ago. Um, like he was very, he spoke very glowingly again, like I said, uh, of Young, which just makes me wonder how much, you know, the national discussion around the Fair Pay to Play Act this year uh, has maybe has influenced um, the way people view this situation. Obviously, thinks the view of this sort of thing has changed quite a, quite a bit over the last few years. I just thought it was interesting that that um, you know Smith spoke glowingly I, of him, and yet he had broken the, the rules. Anyway, Paige, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard or seen any of that. But it is a very interesting comment. Not so much that he cooperated, but to take the high road, which just infers. Right. There mm-hmm. was some nefarious intent either yeah. uh, by whomever uh, leaked it or, you know, what, what, what the motives were. I mean, to think it was like the Maryland coaching staff or like James Franklin, like, yeah, doubt that. But it is interesting as hell, um, you know, where this came from. And it could just very easily be like an email it's not like donald trump with a whistleblower right where you have to go through these channels right i mean jesus christ didn't like uh uh trestle i mean wasn't it an email like oh by mm-hmm. the way like four of your players are being investigated you know by the fbi which again i'll never understand uh to the day i die like if you get an email like that and it has the three letters fbi in there i, I think number one <laughs> don't respond you throw your computer out the window and uh, run into Gene Smith's office, which are none of the three things that Trestle did. Um, but yeah, I was totally, you know, I just like to put my conspiracy hat on. I was all thinking there's just no way that uh, the timing of this, yeah. <laughs> you know, Maryland and Rutgers. And it's just, it is a kind of a bizarre sort of story. If you think about all the intangibles that are surrounding it. Yeah. Say what the number was, how much he, he borrowed? No, so he wouldn't go into specifics, and he said that from the top of the press conference that he wouldn't go into specifics of the investigation. And you know, of course, when he went to questions, there were some members of the local press, the local beat, beat writers, that tried to get at some of the specifics, and he wouldn't answer them. Um, but I did think it was interesting that the NCAA had a quick look at it. They turned it around in 24 hours. Um, they didn't get anywhere close to the four games that they could have, uh, which which. Again, you know, Smith had explained at the top that it was a an infraction that generally comes with a suspension of one to four games. The other thing I thought was interesting is that toward the end of the press conference, Smith acknowledged Kirk Herbstreit's attempt on college game day last Saturday to to bring to light the process and how it all, you know, how it how it uh, you know how the whole thing goes. And if you you guys, I don't know if you actually were watching game day or heard after the fact, but Herb Street said he mentioned four games and that the NCAA would kind of work it work its way back from that. Anyway, 
uh, in as many words, I think Smith basically said, like, look, Herb Street was right. He was trying to explain to people, and it was t- totally misunderstood and misconstrued. Some of the other, the local beat writers took exception with what Herb Street had said. And anyway, uh, I thought it was interesting that Smith took time out of that press conference to acknowledge Herb Street's attempt to explain everything and how it kind of all went awry and was misunderstood. So, so does that mean that, that Smith is Herb Street's uh, source through this whole process? <laughs> Maybe. It could, prob- yeah, it could be. could very well be. Um, I thought that was interesting. So the one thought I had was, is Chase Young still dating this girl that he flew out to the Rose Bowl? I mean... <laughs> If they're not dating, Ed, maybe they broke up or something. Could she have been the one that leaked it? Or maybe someone someone from her crew? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I guess it doesn't really matter. Right, at this and stage she's not allowed to take any loan from anybody because she's dating him? So, what if she wants to go buy a pair of shoes or something? Does that benefit him? She's not supposed to use his name. Like, you know, tr- you know try and... You know, she's not supposed to drop his name or, you know, trade uh-huh, on his yeah. name, so to speak. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, the rule um, book is yeah pretty thick. <laughs> well, and outdated. All that. And, and you know, Smith also acknowledged in the press conference too that um, he's like, "Look, we can debate if these rules have any place in this society anymore. If they need to be revised, that's another discussion." Um, but which I thought was interesting for him to acknowledge, and again, kind of a a, a change a sign of the change in times, right? That you have an athletic director up there and he's really kind of praising this young athlete who technically broke the rules, but just the whole mood of the press conference, I think Smith even seemed to acknowledge, like, look, this is, you know, it's ridiculous that we're here. It's ridiculous that he's in trouble. Um, Anyway. Right. We were saying before, you know, they drill it into these players' head. These are rules. You can't break them every day. You know, all these rules, but, do they really know every single rule? Like, are you allowed to go over someone's house for a burger and a backyard barbecue? That's true. It's there's all kinds of squishiness in there. That's that, true. That's a fair. That's a very fair point. But fifteen hundred bucks in your pocket is not <laughs> like some, yeah, some, you know, rinky dink. Yeah, yeah. This is probably one rule he he probably would have remembered, right? Well, you know, when he's available to the press, it'll be interesting what he has to say, because you know they'll certainly ask him about. You're talking about Chase Young. Chase Young, yeah. And and Smith had even said when asked, somebody had asked him a question about, you know, well, did he know the rules? Did he understand? And he's like, well, you'll have to ask Chase that. So you know, he'll most certainly be be asked that. (laughs) As long as this thing is over, you know how these things just don't seem to die. You know, with the Urban Meyer right. thing, and oh wait, 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 he he raised some text messages. Hold on a second, right. <laughs> and then you get some weird, not even a beat writer, just some Facebook writer who's trying to come make a comeback. <laughs> yeah. All these, you know, innuendos. Well, so it's that's like it never wanted to die. That Zach Smith. Yeah. Well, so I there was uh, there were a couple of inter- interesting comments from Doug Lay Marie on his text service uh, today, and one thing he said that he didn't expect you know, uh, reporters, anyone in the press to try to keep digging on it. He said it just, he feels like the mood where, where everybody is on this issue, it's very pro player at this stage. You know, if it were, a, you know, a multi-million dollar head coach, it'd be a different story. But he felt like he'd be very, he said he'd be very surprised if, if anyone in the press would start, would try to dig 
in an attempt to dig up more, you know, you know, really dig into it. So, uh, because the, you know, the, the perception is, or the, the, the view now is, is, is pro player in right. this day and age. So, uh, yeah, I can be sympathetic to it. Yeah, totally. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Do you think this is, uh, are we over and done here or do you think there could, could be more Paige, What do you think? No, I think it's totally done. I just think the interesting thing is who did it. Right. Yeah. And that to me, like just some of the comments that I heard you say that Smith said, and those texts from Lay Marie, it just kind of sounds like that it's flimsy on the back end. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, they're just going to let this thing sort of fade into the ether. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting as hell. Who's deep throat here? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, that's it makes me it, all this actually makes me a hell of a lot more curious than I was 20 minutes ago. Yeah. No, it was somebody trying to screw him over. I mean, I think that's that that much is clear, whether it's a an old friend that he fell out with, a, a, you know, somebody who, you know, was hoping to make some money off him that fell out of favor with with young an ex-girlfriend. Who knows? Clearly, it was an attempt to, you know, to undercut his right. career. It could that, be anybody, really. Yeah. I mean, the guy's famous. Yeah. Well, the, the timing of it, it makes it, me think that it was somebody who, you know, who's not really plugged in, like somebody that, because, you know, you would think you'd wait until, like, the week before Penn State in Michigan to that. Now, that would have really screwed him, right? And screwed the program. Right. Exactly. The timing just makes me think it could be somebody that's not really. Unless they were banking on four games. That's true. That's true. Yeah, or that's or even a lot more than that. Yeah. And and remember that who was that kid? It was like two years ago in the draft. He was like from Auburn or something. Tuns- like Tunsil, Larry Tun- the- I think it was Tunsil, the offensive <laughs> lineman who went to Ole Miss, right? <laughs> yeah, with the pot the Twitter photo mask. of his like- gas mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five uh, seconds before he's about to call his, his name. Oh, <laughs> God. It, so brutal. Oh. Yeah, so God, who knows? But uh, I'm happy for. Obviously, as a as a huge Ohio State fan, this is the best possible outcome. And the fact that you know he gets to sit out two games that were they really he's not going to be needed, and there's no risk of for you know of any kind of injury freak injury. Is he uh, back in the Heisman race? I don't think so. I, well, so what I've been hearing from from a lot of the talking heads who are familiar with the Heisman voters is that. First of all, there are still there are too many Heisman voters. There are people that don't really pay attention, and there are people who are of a certain generation that are you know very sanctimonious about this sort of thing, who will probably scratch him off the list just because he got in trouble for some some minor infraction. Somebody with antiquated ideas of amateurism and what college athletes should be and what they should represent. It probably takes him out of the running. Um, I don't know. He probably get some votes. I don't know if he'll. Maybe he could still be a finalist, but probably probably yeah, takes he, him out of the running. He he was a long shot to begin with. Then this yep. just a nail in the coffin, and then Burrow's performance last week, you know, against Alabama. This is pretty much. I mean, unless LSU just falls off. If the he has big games happens. in Penn State, Michigan, and the Big Ten championship, assuming we get there, I, I bet he places third. Could be. I yeah, mean, because he could. after he could Burrow, definitely get an invite. Yeah, because after Burrow, I mean, who's who's a two, yeah. who's number two? I mean, Tua Tua played well uh, last week, but you know he had some he had some big mistakes though too. 
I, I don't know that there's a second really strong candidate after Burrow at this stage. So, Mike, you could be right. right. He could with, I mean, he's going to have huge opportunities, Penn State, Michigan, and the Big Ten title game, should it happen, to really make a case. It would be cool just to see him be a finalist. You know, I, I don't care if yeah. he wins it. No, yeah. 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 There's um, really not, it really does fall off. Jalen Hurts is not really. No. No, I agree with I you. Think of I, anybody else. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's, it still feels like, at least, you know, for, for to get there as a finalist, that that still could be on the table for him. Although, yeah, I agree with you, Paige. He's he was a long shot to begin with. Um. Well, do you guys have anything else to say? Anything else to say about the the Chase Young uh, situation? We nope. We feel pretty good about that. All right, good. Well, Not let's move. Miss him. For Let, the Rutgers game, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. And speaking of that, let's let's get to uh, the the long-awaited preview of Rutgers. I, I I actually looked up some some stats that I think are kind of revealing about this particular matchup. Let me go through them here, and then let's uh, let's go around the horn here with some predictions. So Rutgers comes into Saturday at two and seven. Their only wins this season are over UMass in their opener. They beat UMass forty-eight-seven. And 44, uh, 44-34 win over Liberty on October 26th. That was a couple of weeks ago. This is interesting. Oh, Rutgers has not beaten a Big Ten opponent in over two years. And they're currently on an 18-game losing streak in conference play. Their last win over a Big Ten opponent was against, surprise, surprise, Maryland on November 4th, 2017. So they're currently on an 18-game losing streak in conference play. That's pretty pathetic. Um, Ohio State is five and zero, five and zero all time against Rutgers. They played for the first time when Rutgers entered the Big Ten in 2014. Uh, they've outscored the Scarlet Knights 271 to 27 in this series. Uh, the line, the last time I checked, the line for Saturday's game was OSU minus 52, which I mean, would you guys agree that seems a little low? Yeah, points. Well, it's only yeah. it's it's only low if if he plays the starters, right. you know, less than the first two quarters. Right. I, I would think just to keep these guys sharp, he has to give them two quarters of action at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I expect he's going to take the same approach against Rutgers that he did against Maryland, Ryan Day. I think, I think he, uh, you know, I I I, I think they're going to pull out all the stops, and they're kind of look to Sloan's point on Sunday. They seem to take this approach that the the opponent is kind of this nameless, faceless opponent, and they're going to go out there and execute, do things their way. And I think that's what they're going to do against Rutgers. So I'll go first with my prediction. I'll kick it around to you guys. I have Ohio State winning 84 to 10. <laughs> 84 to 10. Um, oh, I think I, I please. I, I hope they don't. They I mean, do that. they're they're going to clear 70 in this game. If they could be, if they could put up 70 on Miami of Ohio, put up 70 against Maryland. Maryland without trying really without I trying mean, really. and again Maryland beat this Rutgers team by 41 points the 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 Maryland team we just beat by 60 beat this team by 40 I I like Ohio State 84 to 10 real quick before you guys go my father-in-law Ken Meyer he's got Ohio State winning this 72-7 is his prediction Mike do you got a prediction well how do you see this one um I th- 20, 271 to 27. That's, that's a tenfold. In, um, <laughs> that's a 10 times. So I'll have to go with um, um, 
66 to 6. 66 to 6. So you think they're going to show him a little mercy, I guess, huh? Well, you're right. They do have to play him for the first two quarters. And, and uh, he, does, he doesn't show any mercy, Day doesn't, in the first half. I mean, he's still going after block punts. I mean, yeah. They really, they really want to play. You know, they, they want to keep sharp. But the backups, they scored 30 points against, against Maryland. So I don't know how you can – I feel conservative by saying 66, but – it does feel a little conservative, but is that your uh, is that your final? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stick with the uh, the formula. It's a tenfold increase. <laughs> All right, sixty six to six. Page. It's actually eleven. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, um, it, you know, I was actually thinking sixty two to nothing. But you know what occurs to me though that none of us have taken into account is isn't it cold as fuck back east right now? I, I haven't like, taken that an into Arctic account. Pl- there's an Arctic blast, right? So, I mean, I don't know how long it's supposed to last. What is the weather? So, I didn't even look it up. Yeah, yeah, I'll look it up. What's so, the weather? Where, where do they play? It, Piscataway or something? Right? Where, where, do, where do they play? Yeah, where, it's, in, it's in like New Jersey. It's cold as shit back there, man. Um, let's, all right, oh, so, let's all right, yeah. Here. Well, it's 25 degrees there yeah. right now. Uh, it's the middle of the night, yeah. of course. Uh, Saturday, the weather forecast, high of 38 um low okay, 20, okay. So it's, it's gonna be clear it's supposed to warm up i guess yeah <laughs> clear there's no, no that's good well, weather that's not really obstruction yeah i still though yeah, it's gonna be if cold a, i think that matters it's okay it's gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh 48 to 4 double safety <laughs> by Rutgers <laughs> and 40. not cover wow really <laughs> Okay. Hey, man, it's, you know, it could be cold and windy back there. Double safety? That's kind of a, like, almost like a loss. <laughs> he's been calling the double safeties all season. Paige is just – he's going to keep throwing that one down until it happens, I think. I, yeah, I, I, was, I was originally going to go with 62 to nothing until I thought of the Arctic blast, so now that's going to change everything. So, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't think we cover. Wow. Interesting. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if there's a game on the schedule that they would cover without much effort, it would be be that. But you're thinking the weather plays a big role, has a big hand in, in why they don't cover, or just that day kind of calls off the dogs early because you got Penn State looming next week weekend and followed by Michigan. Is that is that the the thought process, or that's just your gut that it's 48? They're going to keep it, you know, they're not going to cover. Yeah, I, I think it's mostly just the weather. I, I mean... Who knows this this game shouldn't even be pl- be played on paper i think the other thing is like how, how does a team get this bad yeah. i mean like even if they played like appalachian state that wouldn't be this pathetic and i just don't understand right. what yes, happened decent team well That's they were a decent team they, yeah well they they had a halfway decent year like they just quit they had a halfway decent year, their first year in the program. Because I, I went back and looked at some historical results. They they beat Michigan in 2014. They were a bowl-eligible team. They made a bowl that year. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But um, they were actually a halfway respectable program when they entered the Big Ten. And then just the fall has just been precipitous. Um, but, yeah, it does, it, it does raise the question, why are they in this league? 
what's the what point? is their closest margin uh, with Ohio State? Because I know we've blown them out. We've we've scored over fifty in every epi- every every game, haven't we? Yeah, I'd have to look that up, but it's I want to say years. I yeah. It, it might, feels like we've blown them out every time. Oh yeah, I think I think the lowest, I think the closest margin might have been twenty seventeen, but I'd have to I'd have to look that up. I mean, is it worth looking up? <laughs> the no, it's not. Yeah, it, the, the games haven't been even remotely close. It's been a name-your-score game since Rutgers entered uh, the league, and it's only getting worse. Um, you know, I guess we have Jim Delaney to thank for this. The idea was to get some eye, more, eye, you know, more eyeballs on televisions on, on the eastern seaboard, but I'm not sure it's achieved that. And meanwhile, you know, Rutgers is collecting a pretty big paycheck, you know, just from their membership with the Big, the big Ten. Uh, it's worked I, what are they out doing for them. them. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. They don't mind. Yeah, it's, it's a game, you know, I don't look forward to. And, you know, to, to put it back-to-back with Maryland, you know, following a bye week where you had a bye, you had Maryland, you yeah, had this. Yeah, that just sucks. It was, yeah, it's, it does. It sucks. Yeah. Well. There's, there's like no positives. I mean, the What's only the thing is don't get hurt. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not like you get good reps. I mean, we you think know, we're getting you're, soft you're, a little bit. We're going to be too soft for Penn State or something like that. I, I, I don't I worry mean, about uh, that with this team. I, I wouldn't worry about that with this team. Maybe some of the <laughs> Urban Meyer teams in the latter years, I might have worried about that. Especially you yeah. come out of a game like that with some f- a false sense of security or a false sense of confidence because, you know. You you think a little too highly of yourself after the way you performed against those teams, but but I I I'm not worried about that with this team. I mean, from what I've seen through nine games, I don't worry about them getting soft or losing their you know their edge. I think Day has them you know r- right like laser focused. Um, that's just my view. Yeah. But I don't know, Paige. Do you have a different view to that? What do you think? No, I agree with you. I. I I, that, that's why I'm saying, like, I, there's just there's no reason even to want to play this game. It's not there's just no benefits. There's probably really nothing bad that can happen. I mean, outside of somebody getting hurt, you know, I, I think you're right. Like, you know, in years past, you might say, God, you have a bye, these two terrible teams, and then you've got two really tough games. Um, it's just I, it's annoying. It's, it's just an annoying sort of uh three-week period in the season so yeah yeah no it is i mean at the same time you know the gauntlet they're about to run beginning next week at penn state followed by michigan then presumably the big 10 title game i guess they should try and enjoy this right you know, get the starters out at halftime and maybe they go vanilla and you know again that would maybe support your prediction page maybe they 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 dial it back this week right i think Day was trying to prove a point. You had the, the, the young suspension. He was trying to keep his team his team's edge with one of their captains out, one of their best players out. But now that they know he's coming back with Penn State, maybe they do dial it back a little bit, go vanilla. They don't want to show anything to Penn State or Michigan and and maybe you get a, a you know, a result that's more in line with your forty eight to double safety. Yeah, I mean if, if things if things go to plan, right, they're looking at five straight games probably against top 15 teams and some, you know, yeah. uh, top 10 teams, top five teams. Yeah. Um, so it's going to get real, real fast. This is just, this is just 
Yeah, the waiting is... bump. It's just a waste of time. <laughs> it is. Um, so, hey, look, there's a handful of other games that I think are pretty interesting. Why don't we spend like a minute on each before we wrap it up? I know it's getting late for you guys, but yep. I thought it would be fun just to touch on these real quick because they do, they do have some bearing on Ohio State. The first is number eight, Minnesota, at number 20, Iowa. Iowa is a three-point favorite in that game. So it seems Minnesota is still kind of earning their stripes with the odds makers. That was my takeaway. Paige, give me one thought on that game. I think everyone thinks that it's a trap game, and I don't think Iowa's very good, and I think Minnesota is going to win that game for sure. All right. Yeah, Minnesota is certainly the more dynamic offense, right? I think they have a a legitimately good quarterback. By the way, uh, that quarterback is a transfer from Western Michigan. They interviewed P.J. Fleck on the the, – on the playoff show on ESPN yesterday. And he transferred from Western Michigan. He was ineligible last year. He sat out last year. Um, but he's a, he, we did not see Tanner Morgan last year in the shoe when they came in and give us a good game. Morgan, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a new face in the Big Ten. Uh, I thought that was interesting. Mike, give me one thought on Minnesota at Iowa. Iowa is a three-point favorite in that game. What do you think? Is there like a... Paul Bunyan acts. What do these teams play for for this game? No, I, I think I this they so. play for a pig. They play for a bronze pig. A bronze pig. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I, I, Where does that pig reside right now? Uh, well, I probably <laughs> probably in Iowa. I would assume. I don't know, but <laughs> it's a bronze pig. That much I know. I don't remember the name of the trophy. I was impressed with Minnesota over Penn State. I think they got some players. I like their QB. Um, I, I think they're going to win too. I. I um, it's in Iowa. It's probably day game. I think they're gonna. I think. I think they're gonna pull it out. All right. Okay. Like Iowa's been really good against top ten teams in Kinnick. I think I agree with you guys. I, I don't think this Iowa team. There's something missing. Uh, you know that their offense is terrible. They're a good defensive team. I like Minnesota in this one. Okay. Indiana at Penn State. It's Indiana at number nine. Penn State. Penn State's a fourteen and a half point favorite in this one. You know, the Nittany Lions cannot afford to sulk after the loss to Minnesota against the pesky Hoosiers. Uh, Paige, how do you see this one? So isn't it kind of weird that Indiana isn't ranked? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I thought they were 24 or well, something like that. Well, they're ranked mm-hmm. in the AP and the coaches poll, but they're not in the college. They did not make the college football rankings this week. Yeah, and I read, I don't know who it was. Someone had something interesting. That te- who did Texas beat last week? They beat, um, oh, Kansas State. Yeah. And, and went from unranked. So a 6-3 and three Texas, who was unranked, beat uh, like a 24-ranked Kansas State and is now ranked uh, 19th yeah. by the committee. Yeah. Which, again, just, you know, I, I'm not huge on the whole conspiracy thing, and I understand this isn't <laughs> the question that you asked me. But that only helps LSU, and it only helps the case of the SEC to pump these teams up and say, oh, oh, look how tough our schedule is. I'm sorry, Texas sucks. Yeah. And the fact that Indiana can't even get in the top 25 is a joke. Yeah. Um, now, who are they playing again at on Saturday? Penn, <laughs> I didn't even listen to your question. <laughs> it's, it, the Hoosiers at number nine, Penn State. Penn State coming off the loss to Minnesota. Oh, Jesus. Penn State's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, according to the odds makers. What do you think? I think it'll be a tough game. I, I think agree. Penn State will win. I don't think they can cover that, though. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, 
India is pretty pretty damn crafty. I was not a huge believer in Penn State even before um, the uh, the game last week against Minnesota. I mean, Michigan dominated them in the second half. I understand mm-hmm. it was only one quarter. So I, I think Penn State will win. I don't think they'll cover. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I, it depends on who Indiana is going to have at quarterback. And both their quarterbacks are pretty good. But I think that, that Michael Penix Jr. is a, he's a different kind of quarterback. Uh, for them. I think he's a really good player. Mike, do you have any thoughts on Indiana at number nine, Penn State? Penn's, Indiana usually plays them tough. They play them tough for a half. I remember last year, the year before with uh, Barkley, we were rooting for them to win and they hung around. And uh, But I don't really think they have, have it uh, at the okay. horses. They're, um, Penn State will win decisively. Wow. Okay, so you, you think Penn State wins decisively. I think it's a good game. I don't have the balls to pick Indiana to win this one, but it is interesting. Penn State, the question of whether Penn State's a little hungover from the Minnesota loss and whether that, that has any bearing on, on this game. Um, I think it's a good game. Penn State probably gets it done um, in a close one, so I'm going to pick Penn State. Okay, so, go ahead, Paige. So... Uh, so if Penn State loses, so if Penn State loses, then we just walk into the championship game. Is that right? Like, I well, mean, no, I guess if Michigan beat us, like I don't understand what all the tiebreakers are. I mean, I want Penn State to come in uh, as highly ranked as as possible. Right. Yeah. So no, I mean, well, week, Penn State so. comes in with if they lose, they'll come in with two conference losses, and what they would need is to beat Ohio State. Um, well, I'd have to go through all the scenarios in the East, but yeah, um, they would have to beat and Ohio you know, Michigan to beat us. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have to beat Ohio state and then Michigan would have to beat us. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. That's exactly it. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. And that's Michigan a game to watch. Get in now. Would, would Michigan wait? They've lost to, okay. They've, they've lost to Penn state and Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So Michigan would have to uh, clearly they would have to hope for a loss uh, at Penn State or Ohio State losing to Penn State that is and then they would have to beat us and then they would own the head to head um, so yeah I mean you know the, you'd be betting on Ohio State losing back to back Penn State to Michigan that's never crossed my mind <laughs> so so speaking of Michigan they D'Antonio's bringing Sparty to the big house. Uh, on Saturday, uh, it's uh, unranked Michigan wow. State, who's kind of in a tailspin right now. They they blew a twenty five point lead to Illinois at home and lost. I think it was a thirty one ten fourth quarter lead that Michigan State lost that blew and then ultimately lost the game to Illinois last week. They've been in, obviously in a tailspin. They visit Michigan, who's been playing well of late. Um, number fifteen, Michigan. Michigan's only a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. What do we think? Win one for Dino? Is this, or is this, could, this, could this be D'Antonio's swan song uh, at, at Michigan State? Is, is, is Galler going to be proven to be right yeah. that, that this is it yeah. for him, Paige? Is, what do you think? Yes, I think this is just another step of the journey to Gallagher's proclamation coming true. Uh, yeah. As much as I want to pick Michigan State here, I just, ah, God, I just don't see it. Unfortunately, you know, Michigan's playing much better, Mm -hmm. and uh, Michigan State's just not very good. 
yeah. uh, the old adage where you throw out the records and stuff like that. And yeah, I think Michigan covers. You think they cover? Okay, Mike, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think? Michigan's a 13.5-point favorite in this one. How do you see it? I'm going to go with Michigan State. Whoa. They. Um, <laughs> this is a different kind of game for them. They're still um, – Hurting from that from that little brother comment all those years ago, <laughs> they just can't get over that. This is a way to turn around. This is to salvage their season. This is their Super Bowl. They they take this game very seriously. Wow. I, I I mean, they Michigan's literally just could be salvaging Antonio's it. job. Yeah. Well, and as good as Michigan has looked, I I don't know. I eh, I, I still am not sure that I I mean. I feel like anything is possible with Shea Patterson at quarterback, right? He, he and and I still feel like they have not yet figured out that they've got these great these this good quartet of receivers that could really make them a dynamic offense. You've got a coach who's who would much rather be running the football 55 times a game. You got a quarterback who sometimes can't hit the broad side of the barn with a football. Um, anything's possible. It's a rivalry game. Maybe you're right. I'm gonna t- I'm taking Michigan in this one. Um, but I think it'll be close, and I think I yeah I don't think I don't think Michigan covers, um, but I do think they win the game. Um, I think it's gonna be a close game too. All right. Um, okay, so I got two more to go. Uh, Georgia number four, Georgia, who is the committee's number four, at number twelve, Auburn. Georgia's a two and a half point favorite in this one. What do you guys think? Can Auburn ruin UGA's playoff hopes, or do the Bulldogs roll on? Paige, how do you see that one? I don't know that I've seen either one of those teams play um, maybe more than like a couple quarters for Georgia. Doesn't mm-hmm. Auburn have that guy, Bo Nix? Yeah, I freshman you know, quarterback. not very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Auburn. I, I like Auburn in this one. I don't think, I don't think Georgia's very good. Yeah, uh, I mean they're good. I mean they're 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 not you know what they were the last couple of years, and they're still just very very upset about having Jake Fromm as their quarterback and not Justin Fields. So I think <laughs> Auburn gets it done. All right, Mike. What what do you, do you have any uh, view of this game? What do you think? Perpl- you, uh, Georgia is a favorite in Auburn. Two, two and, and a half. half two and a half points. Yeah, that is um, that's perplexed. That's bizarre. I'm I'm shocked actually. Yeah, I, I, Auburn's tough. They're, they're playing. I mean, well, they're playing at home. It's a yeah. rivalry. I mean, they got a I, freshman go quarterback with Georgia for some. Yeah, yeah Bo Nix. He, he's not good yet. Uh, who, who knows? He'll probably just be a regular, uh, you know, running the mill Auburn quarterback. <laughs> Fromm is having a disappointing year. Well, he's just not what he was last year. I'd say. But yeah. for some reason, they have Georgia as a favorite. Um. Well, I guess they're four, but I don't think they deserve. I think I don't think they deserve that that ranking either. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Georgia. I think for some, I, I'm when you see a confusing line like that, I, I take the, the opposite. All right, so you're taking Georgia. Georgia. So yeah. Auburn is one of these teams, though, that I think makes makes you think. I, I, they're they're, you know, they're they're perplexing. So they 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 open the season with a tw- a six point win over Oregon, who's a top ten team in the committee's uh, rankings. Their only losses are 24-13 at Florida. There's really no disgrace in that. I think that was a pretty right. good game. They lost by three at LSU, who's, you know, the committee's number one. That was a three-point game at LSU. Uh, UGA's coming into their house. I like Auburn in this game. 
I, 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 this is a top 15 team. They're number 12. The committee's number 12. Getting points. You would think Auburn should, should would be the, the team to pick. It I'm taking like Auburn. No brainer. Yeah. That's I'm, why I'm picking Georgia. Okay. All right. I'll take Auburn in this one. The last one, number 10, Oklahoma at number 12, Baylor. Baylor's undefeated. Uh, Baylor might be the Big 12's last hope at the playoff because I, I don't know there are a ton of believers at Oklahoma in Oklahoma, as good as their offense is, I think that defense continues to be a problem. They're the committee's number 10, and they're sitting, they're kind of last in line of the one-loss teams. Um, and I think, you know, if, if a team is going to make it into the field, it's probably going to be an undefeated, it has to be an undefeated Baylor. Now, Oklahoma is a 10-point favorite in this game, even though it's at Baylor. You guys have any thoughts on this? Paige, what do you think? Uh, I know Baylor's not played that tough a schedule, at least in their non-conference. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm just pulling it. I have really no idea. But wasn't Oklahoma life and death to beat Iowa State? Yeah, fuck yeah. it. I'm going with Baylor. Yeah, Baylor's no. going to pull it out. Yeah, so, so Baylor's got... Yeah, they haven't really played any of the Blue Bloods in the Big 12 yet. They've got Oklahoma this week, followed by Texas. Um that's the pizza delivery guy. He's here, so the dogs are going off. I apologize in the background. Sorry about that, guys. So yeah, they haven't really they haven't really played anyone just yet. Um, they uh, their let la- let's see they beat two- TCU 29-23 in their last game. West Virginia seventeen. That was a triple overtime game. That that it? was the TCU game. Was okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were life and death to beat TCU a five and four team. I mean, uh, it was. Nothing like... Okay, I didn't realize that. All right, thanks yeah. for that. They've had a lot of close results. TCU, 29-23. West Virginia, 17-14. to Texas Tech, they beat 33-30. to um, Iowa State, who I think is a pretty solid team, 23-21. This game's being played on their home field. They have a good defense. Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, that off the def- their defense is starting to fall apart. Alex Grinch, uh, their defensive coordinator... Um, I, I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one. I think they edge it out. Uh, they, they edge them out. I think they, they've got a little bit of a talent edge there. They've got the better quarterback in the game. I think they get this one done. And I think that also is probably puts a, a, a real like pin. It you know, pulls the pin out of their playoff hopes. I, I the, the, the Big 12, that is. Um, so I like Oklahoma in that game. Yeah, I do too. I'm yeah. going with Oklahoma. I think they're going to even cover. Um, okay. It's another one of those weird things where you think, why wouldn't Baylor, you know, be, be – they're the ones that are undefeated. They're the ones that you – know, Yeah, they've had a lot of close games. Front runners, but, lot, uh, yeah, a lot of close games, and they haven't played any of the Blue Bloods in the, in the Big 12 just yet. So I like Oklahoma in that one. All right, guys. Hey, that was a great effort for, uh, for a midweek pod. We're coming up on 48 minutes. Thanks so much for making the time. And uh, we'll speak on Sunday, all right? Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.